Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We're going to open up a new series, and I'm really, really excited about this series. I titled it Eternity, Living This Life for the Next Life. And for all of us that are Christians, we, we kind of all know, it's kind of Christianity 101, right? That if we trust in Jesus, uh, he forgives us of our sins and we can't go to heaven by working our way there. We go by placing faith in Christ Jesus. But what I want to open up in this series is I just want to open up the incredible truth that while we can't work our way to heaven, our works will be rewarded when we arrive in heaven. And how uh, it, it's something I have to work on. I know all of us are the same. I have to work on making sure I'm thinking about that next life in the heart of God. And so if I have to work on it, I'm figuring most of you, I know a couple of you are more spiritual than I am, but most of us have to work on this thing and keep our focus the right way. So we're going to have a blast doing it. Uh, many of you know who C.S. Lewis is, and uh, you know he, he's just absolutely an incredible guy. I, I like the book he wrote called Mere Christianity. It's a theological book, but he also wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and some other uh, cool books that were turned into movies. He said this. He said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought the most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. And again, I have to keep working myself to keep my eyes in the right direction and living for that next life. Um, you may not know this, but C.S. Lewis was an atheist. And the person that led him to Christ was J.R. Tolkien. And uh, we all know who, who he is. Uh, he wrote The Hobbit. He, he, he wrote some incredible books that have been turned into movies. And uh, J.R. says this. Um, he says, in order to write a good book, there has to be four things that you include in it. These four things are the four longings of the human heart. So it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. Every human heart longs for these four things. And so uh, J.R. said to C.S., he said, make sure these are in all your books. And that's why C.S. became such an incredible writer. So I want to go through these four longings that are in everybody's heart to set this series up. The first one is this. We want good to triumph over evil. Isn't that true? We want good to triumph. I hate a movie when an artsy-fartsy producer ends it the wrong way and the bad guy wins. I don't know about you, but I cannot stand movies like that. Even before I was a Christian, I just always wanted the good guy to end up winning. That's just a longing that God placed inside us. Here's the second one. We want to escape time and death, or we want to live forever. And I think of Ponce de Leon's and the Fountain of Youth and how he searched it out and he looked, ended up in Florida looking. All of us want to live forever. And here, here's the next one. We want to experience a never-ending love. This is a longing in every human heart. And, you know, Disney makes some incredible cartoons. I grew up on all their major motion picture cartoons. And even to this day, the, the boy marries the girl, right? And what do they say at the end? They live happily ever after, right? And we have to make sure our kids know that's, that's not necessarily true. You have to work on a good marriage, right? It's, you just, just getting married doesn't make that happen. But here's something else that I've learned. Uh, 
whether, whether it's Gina and I, Gina's an incredible wife, and I think she would say, I'm an incredible husband, I'm imperfect, but, but she knows I love her dearly. But no matter how great your mate is, they'll never fulfill this desire in you. Only God can fulfill this desire. Because uh, no matter how good we are at, at being a mate, never-ending love only comes from one place, and we long and we desire for it. Here, here's, here's the next one we want to communicate with the supernatural. Uh, do you know that 28 out of the top 50 highest grossing movies are about the supernatural, whether it's sci-fi or wh whatever it is, you know, something supernatural? Because why? It's a craving in our heart. So J.R. knew this. He told C.S., hey, this is how you need to write your books because humanity is longing for these four things. Do you want to know why you're longing for them? Listen to this. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. Everything is appropriate in its own time. But though God has planted eternity in the hearts of men, even so, many cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Now, all that's saying is this. Even if we don't accept Christ, even if we don't study the Bible, we can't see the big picture. We still have eternity planted in our hearts, and every single one of us has these four longings. They come with the package called eternity. And every human being is made to live forever. The question is, where are we going to live forever? And unfortunately, there's only these two addresses when we die. And one is by default. In other words, if you don't do something, there's only one place left. And I want to just open those up today. I want to talk about these two eternal addresses and highlight one of them. And of course, most of us, if we grew up with Judeo-Christian values, we know that one is hell and one is heaven. Now, I grew up uh, going to Catholic church. I grew up going to parochial school. And so I also had religion classes weekly my whole entire life, just about. And so I understood the Judeo-Christian values, and I understood there was a hell and there was a heaven. And in the Catholic Church, when I, when I attended, they also taught us about a place called purgatory. They no longer teach it, but they taught us about a place called purgatory for those of us that just, you know, couldn't live a good life. And if you went to purgatory, you, you could be prayed out uh, or, you know, someone could light candles to get you out. So when I was a freshman in high school, I came to this place in my life where I thought, you know what? They're never going to make enough candles to get me to heaven. And no one's going to want to pray for me when I die because I'm not going to be the kind of person people have fuzzy feelings with. This is all before I met Christ. I just thought, the heck with it. If I'm going to go there, I might as well live like it. And I remember my freshman year of high school because I had Judeo-Christian values and I understood these two places. I said, that's it. I might as well just live like I'm going there because I'm going there. And what I want to do today is help us understand this incredible truth and if you're here and you're a Christian, you might think, Pastor Joe, this is Christianity 101, talking about this place called hell, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, but let me say this to you. If you're like me, I forget that there's people I'm rubbing shoulders with every day that if they don't accept Christ, they're not going to go to heaven, and there's only one other place left. I need stirred up. I need reminded. I can get so involved in my life. I can even get so involved in God that I just forget about the world out there. And, and I rub shoulders with them, and it just absolutely, I forget. So I need stirred up, and I think you guys would be like me. So here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Hell's a real place that God made a way to escape. 
And we live in a culture where uh, I'm, what I just said is not politically correct, obviously. I know that. And uh, uh, the culture is telling us there is no such place. If God's got a love, there wouldn't be a place like that. And, and there's a lot of things I don't fully understand. I'll ask God when I arrive in heaven. But I'll tell you what, according to the Bible, if you believe the Bible is the Christian book and it's God speaking to us, uh, the Bible teaches very strongly that hell's a real place and God made a way to escape. So Jesus shared a parable about sheep and goats. And uh, some people call it the parable of the nations. And understand, a parable is not meant to create doctrine from. Christian doctrine can only be created from what's called the epistles. The epistles begin in the book of Roman. They go all the way through to the book of Jude. That's where our doctrine comes from, okay? Uh, it doesn't come from parables. But parables are meant to, to emphasize a truth. So you have to ask yourself, what truth does God, is God trying to emphasize to me in this parable? So he writes this parable. And, 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 and take a look at what it says in Matthew 25:33. He will put the righteous people at his right and the other at his left. So two groups of people, right? Listen, listen to verse 34. The king will say to the people on his right, come you that are blessed of my father, come and possess the kingdom which has been prepared for you ever since the creation of the world. So this parable, if we read all the verses, it's not telling you how to go to heaven. It's just making a point. There's, there, there, there's, there's two places. Now think about this. Since the creation of the world, God intended for you to escape hell and spend eternity in heaven with him. And that's absolutely an incredible thought. And we exist to connect the city with God. So we want to help people change their address, and then we want to grow them in God. Listen to verse 41 as this continues. Then he will say to those on his left, away from me, you that are under God's curse. And we'll, we'll see what that is as we close out this lesson. Away to the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So hell was never meant for one human being to go there. It was for the devil who was, understand, the devil is, is said to be God's greatest and most beautiful creation. He's an angelic being. He's a high-ranking angelic being like Michael and Gabriel. And uh, he thought, you know, I'm so great, I can take God on and take over heaven. And then God threw him out. And uh, hell was created for that guy. Uh, but then Adam and Eve sinned, and mankind is sin-stained, and so... Uh, there's two addresses. Sin-stained people can't get into heaven, so there's only one place left to go. There's no, there's no neutral place. So I thought, you know, let me, let me take some time and let me talk to you about the four realities of hell. And uh, some of you might be sitting here never, ever heard a message on this subject. And I, I promise you I'll do, a gr I'll do my best with it. Uh, and I'll do it from a great spirit. You, I think you'll, you'll see that as I go. But I think it's important for us to understand this so that we're stirred to make sure nobody we know and come in contact with will ever go to that place. So here, here's the first reality about hell. It's hell is permanent. You, you, once you cross over, you, you can't do anything on the other side. And I got to thinking about our cat. We had uh, two dogs, and we found out we weren't dog people because we weren't home enough. When our kids were young, we were always out late at a school event, a sporting event, 
and our dogs, dogs do not want to be late alone that long. So they were chewing up woodwork and everything else. They were nervous wrecks. So we gave them away, and my kids began to beg for a cat. Well, I never liked cats, and, uh, but they begged. And you know how kids are. So finally, uh, I found a cat. I bought them this Egyptian mouth. It's a cool story how I got my hands on that, that cat. And the first two weeks he was with us, I thought, you know, I, I want him to bond. I want him to have, be emotionally sound. So I had, him, I had him sleep in Gina and I's bed and put the litter box right there to make sure he learned how to do that. And he would sleep in my arms. And, and when he went to bed at night, he would push his head into my bicep and snuggle and go to sleep. He'd wake me up in the morning pushing his head on my bicep. And he turned out to be the most incredible cat ever. I mean, he, we had two after him, and, and they, never, they never lived up to him. But... Uh, <laughs> He was often, he brought so many mice to our door. And uh, one day I heard him coughing, you know, like the hairball cough. And it was in the front room. So I thought, I better go see. It sounded really bad. And he's coughing, he's coughing. And then a whole mouse just pops out of his <laughs> mouth, mouth. And it was in his belly so long, all the hair was digested on the mouse. So it looked like a, a, a skinless or whatever, hairless mouse. And, uh, but the problem is he never took a bite. He swallowed it whole. And so... I said, I said, Tiger, you're awesome. I affirmed him. I said, next time do that outside. But that was awesome. Um, he was a great cat. And then he grew old, and, and his, his uh, bladder failed and everything else. And so we had to have him put to sleep. And so we went to town and country in Howland, and they have this beautiful room, and all my kids are sitting there, and each of them is holding Tiger and kissing him, saying goodbye. Now they're in high school and that age, you know. They're all saying goodbye. Gina had him, then he came into my arms, and, and when I ha held him, he did that and just pushed his head there. And I began to bawl. The kids began to bawl. I kissed him. Well, well Dr. Moxley did just an incredible job uh, with him. I'm holding him. I took him home. I dug a grave. I buried him. My kids decorated this incredible rock, and they painted it, put all kinds of designs on it. And I buried him right across from our garage out in the woods. And, and literally... I go out there every spring and clean off the rock, and I just stand there, and I think about the mice he caught and all the, all the fun times I had with Tiger. But here's the deal. Like, death is permanent. Hell is permanent. You, you, you can't get out. Once you cross over, you can't get out. Tiger's never coming up out of that grave. Now, I will, I will, next week, listen to this. I'm going to show you whether your pets can be in heaven with you. You're, you're going to love. You're going to love that next week. But that's next week. I don't want to spoil it for you. And uh, so Jesus taught another parable. He taught about these two guys that died. One went to hell, and one went to Abraham's bosom where the believers went. The believers couldn't go to heaven until Jesus died and, and, and cleansed our sins. So they, they had to stay there, but it was air-conditioned. It was a great place. Abraham's hanging out there, right? And, and the guy that's in hell, there's a gulf there. He sees what the guy that died when he did. He says, hey, send him over. Have him dip his finger in some water. I just, just put a drop of water on my lips. It's that bad. Can, and, and then Abraham said this about permanency. He said in Luke 16, 26, and besides all this between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to hear. Church, I know you know this. I want to just stir us up. We have one and only one chance on this side to bring people to heaven. And God wants us to help him bring as many as we possibly can bring to that place. Hell is permanent. Here's the other thing about hell, the second uh, reality. Hell, hell is a place of suffering. It's 
a place of suffering. So, you know, back my freshman year when I said, if I'm going to go there, I might as well live that way, right? I used to say to people that said, I want to go to heaven, I used to say, that's where all the goobers, we use the word goober, I don't know what, what today's word is, you know, all the goody two-shoes, that's, that's where they go to heaven, and I don't want to be with them for all eternity, that's not going to be any fun. I, I'm going to go to hell, and I'm going to play poker and blackjack and drink, smoke some hooch, and do other bad things, and I'm going to have a blast with all my buddies in hell. That's, that was my philosophy till I accepted Christ, start reading the Bible, and find out, oh, that's not going to happen there. It, it's a place of suffering. It's an awful place. Um, listen to Mark 9, 47. And, and if your eye causes you to sin, uh, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Here's what we're after. Where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. It's a place of suffering. So this, I'm going to tell you a true story. Um, we have these garbage cans in our garage. That's where we keep our cans. But I lined every, I line every can with a big plastic bag. Then we bring everything out in plastic bags because I don't want our garage to smell. I don't want the cans to be dirty. And so one day, one of the, one of the cans was filled to the top, but I didn't know it. And someone had thrown either some, you know, sticky pop in there or some food and a fly laid some eggs. I didn't know any of that happened. So I go out with my bag and I open the can. I want to throw this bag in there. And there, I'm telling you, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of maggots. And when I opened it, the bag came up, and the maggots just flew everywhere. And I had maggots everywhere. And if I didn't do this, I didn't scream like a sissy, but I jumped back. I'm like this. And I ran in the house. I washed my hands, and then I came back, and I, I swept them all up. But did, do you know this about maggots? Um, when a maggot falls off the top of a high garbage can and hits the ground, they die. They were all dead. But hell is a place where they don't, they don't die. The Bible also teaches that hell has levels of punishment, you know, so someone like Hitler would go to a different level than maybe the, the good person that never accepted Christ. But no matter how we slice it, can you all agree it's no fun to talk about? But it's real, and that's a second reality. Here's the third reality, and we don't understand how bad this one is, but it's terrible. Hell, hell is void of God. God, God's presence will not be in hell. Now, all of you, we're living on an earth that's not perfect. Earth has a lot of trouble, right? Um, a lot of turmoil. We all have troubles in our own life that we have to battle through. But you know what? No matter where you go on the planet earth, God's presence is there. Even if you're not a Christian, his presence is everywhere. And if it were to leave this earth, we would notice it. I mean, it would be a, a catastrophe. But it's everywhere. Now, when we worship like we did here today, uh, God's presence comes, becomes stronger. It's amazing what, what happens as we corporately worship. Um, but in hell, his presence is not there. It's void of God. And I think that, to me, is worse than suffering. I mean, that just to think God's presence wouldn't be there. Um, I'm trying to eat healthy, and one of my favorite unhealthy foods is hot dogs. And I love a hot dog with mustard and raw onions. That's my favorite. I don't mind chili sauce, but my favorite is mustard and, hot, uh, and, and, and whole uh, onions. And uh, I, I typically would eat six, you know, in a row and, uh, and really look for a side dish too, right? Uh, some baked beans or something. So... That, that's what I would prefer to eat, but I, I couldn't find anything to put mustard 
and onions on that was healthy. And I had an idea one day, so I bake a potato because I'm trying to eat more plant-based food. And I cut it in half, and I just put mustard on it, and then I throw raw onions. Now, you may think it's gross, but it's actually delicious. But what I do is when I cut it and I put one in my mouth, I close my eyes and pretend I'm eating a hot dog. Um, and at least I get the mustard onion thing going, right? Um, so one day, Gina and I are freestyling our meals. And uh, she had hers, and I made mine. She didn't know what I was making. And by the way, Gina, she can't smell condiments without becoming sick to her stomach. So I wasn't thinking that. And I, I sit down with this baked potato, mustard, and onions. And I sit down, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have a meal with my wife. We're going to hang out. And she just looks at me. She's, she's so nice. She said, now, Joe... She said, there's, there's three things you can do. You can get something else to eat. Or if you'd like, I'd go to another room. Or you can go to another room. Which one would you prefer? That's, isn't that nice? How, how do you get mad at that? So I, I looked at the baked potato. I looked at her. And I just said, you know what? I'd prefer to stay here. And... Uh, so, so she very graciously left, and then I had to suffer. We have a little TV. I turn on ESPN and had to suffer and watch ESPN while I ate my, my fake hot dogs. But uh, my dinner was void of Gina, right? It was void of Gina, but that's, that's tough. But in, in hell, you, God's not going to be there, and there won't be ESPN neither. Second um, Thessalonians 1.9, this is written to those that reject Christ. It says they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. His presence will not be there. They'll be closed out from it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to disappear. And so when I think about this place called hell, I think of the fact that it's permanent. There's suffering. The maggots never die. And I think of the fact that it's void of God. And I'm so glad you and I, the majority of us here, we escaped it because we, we did the right thing. And only God can help us do that thing, right? Only he can open up our hearts. But think of the people that are on this planet that haven't done that yet. And that, that really needs to be our focus. Um, here, here's the truth. Hell can only be escaped by believing in and accepting Jesus. We, we know that. But let me show you something. This is one of the most incredible scriptures. John 3.18. It says, There is no eternal doom awaiting those who trust in Jesus to save them. Can I just stop right there? If you're a Christian, this is written to you first. There's no eternal doom waiting you. Why? Because you're perfect? I'm not perfect. And if I had to go to heaven by my works, even as a Christian, I would not make it. None of us would. But we're going because we trusted in Jesus. And I want you to see just the latter part of this. This is, this is you know when the Bible said that uh, they're cursed? Here's what it's referring to. But those who don't trust him have already been tried and condemned. Do you notice before they, before they even cross over, they've been tried and condemned for not believing in the only son of God. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Then there's 17, now there's 18. Do you know what God's saying here? People's sins, plural, will not send them to hell. I'm not saying God's okay with our, our sins or a non-Christian sins, but that's not what's sending people to hell. We're condemned already because we were born sin-stained. And we sin because we were born sin 
stain. And so no matter how good a person is, and there are some, I rub shoulders with a lot of non-Christians. I purposely go out into the world and I do things where I'm going to be around non-Christians because I, I just feel that's what God wants all of us to do. And so I hang out with these non-Christians and, and uh, some of them, I'm telling you, some of them live incredibly good lives. They're good people. And, and, and my heart breaks because that's not enough for them to go to heaven. All of our righteousness is what? As filthy rags, according to the Bible. So it doesn't matter that they're good people. What matters is what they do with Jesus. And that's what either helps you go to heaven or go to that place that's called hell. So tough message. Can we all agree? I tried to throw some funny stories in. But can you all agree with this too? Um, I mean, if you're going to teach a tough message, I think I did it in a good spirit, right? I did a pretty good spirit. Um, but you know there are people out there that what I just taught is not politically correct, right? I am, do you know I understand that? I, I know what's going on in our culture. I fully understand that. But here's what you and I need to understand. When we share Christ with someone, it's not us that's going to bring them to the point of accepting Christ. God is the one that opens hearts, and God is the one that helps people see Christ. And I accepted him, and you accepted him by the grace of God. And so I don't worry about the intellect. There's some Christians out there. They're so smart. They do this thing called apologetics, and, and they intellectually argue with non-Christians, and they're so good. I love to listen to them, but I'm not, I'm not that good. But I know this, if I share the truth, God's working on people's hearts. And if you share the truth, God's working on people's hearts. And even if the culture says it's politically correct, that doesn't stop God from opening up someone's heart. So you and I have to come to a place where we say, you know what? We're going to share the truth because the truth is that powerful. Listen, I want to end with this verse and then pray. It's Acts 4.12, and it says, There is salvation in no one else under all heaven. There is no other name in the verses above. Let us know it's Jesus for men to call upon to save them. Jesus is the only salvation for the world in which we live in. And hell is a real place that God made a way to escape. Jesus is the way to escape. And I think sometimes we become Christians. And now, Boardman, I'm saying this to you too. We become Christians and we become so lost in just us and our Christianity, we forget there's a world out there that's going to go to the wrong address. And so that's one of the things I want to stir us up today with. Can, can, we, can we in both campuses, can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Lord, as you know, I did my best. I, I, I used what you've given me to teach the Bible. And Lord, I know that you're the one that gives the increase. And, and that's not my job. You open hearts, you open eyes. And Lord, as we bow our heads, I just want to pray for us Christians first. Um, Lord, many of us had a zeal at one time and we lost it. And I just thank you for this day stirring that zeal back up inside of us. And when we go to bed tonight, when we wake up tomorrow, remind us of this incredible truth. And Lord, there are others of us in here, we just never even heard it put this way. So I thank you for putting the flame up in all of, all of those people, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for taking all of us to the next level and understanding this truth. Hell's a real place. And you made a way to escape. And we thank you for Jesus, Father. We thank you for that way to escape. And Lord, we thank you that this message is so powerful. It goes through the intellect of any person. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're in this room here in our Warren campus, or if you're in the Boardman campus, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you're not sure of your forever. I mean, I really, my message is 
<laughs> said it all. There's not much more I need to say. My question to you is, are you ready to call on the name of the Lord? He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll, I'll save them. And so heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me right now? Can the rest of us in Boardman in here, can, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm sin-stained. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, that you died for my sins, that God raised you from the grave. And this day, I give my heart to you and make a decision to follow you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. It's amazing. All your sins were washed away. It's amazing what God did. Now, you may not have felt anything, but it happened. It's amazing what just happened. But something else is happening right now. And I look forward to the day, hopefully far in the future for me, where I can be in heaven and I can watch what happens when someone accepts Christ. The Bible teaches that God and all of heaven begin to celebrate. And you know why they're celebrating? We become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. So if you place faith in Christ Jesus, you've been born one of God's children on the inside and heaven is going crazy like we go crazy down here when somebody gives birth to a new baby in our family. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.